It's Jim, it's the World of Bonds. It's Wednesday the 6th of December 2023. This is for professional investors only and never ever investment advice and it brings to an end season 11 of Uncle Jim's World of Bonds. Although I will be back for the annual Bond Market Outlook Christmas Edition special for you to wrap underneath your Christmas tree on Christmas Day alongside your Cabbage Patch dolls, your Beanie Babies, your Furbies and your NFTs of Bored Apes. I hope you've now seen your Spotify unwrapped output for uh, 2023. These are your most listened to artists of the year. Mine were predictable and boring with the LCD sound system number one status uh, still in place. Then we have Talking Heads, Suede and the old cliches of the Smiths and Morrissey. Um, at positions four and five. Very surprised not to see the Velvet Underground on there, given I've listened to what goes on, uh, the live version from the Matrix tapes, as they're known. Um, I've listened to them on repeat for about 10 days in a row, but still, uh, they didn't make the top five. Anyway, if you want to know the reach of this year's Time Magazine Personality of the Year, which was announced earlier today, um, they put the most important person of the year on the cover or failing that they put the US president, the Pope or a CEO or something like that. Uh, well, if you want to know who it is this year, my brother-in-law, his Spotify unwrapped top five this year were, you can tell the theme here, Motorhead, Metallica, Guns N' Roses and Wasp, who I don't know a single song by, but I assume are kind of a hair metal band from the 1980s as well. But one of his top five was Taylor Swift. And it's Taylor Swift who is the um, time personality of the year this year. This is the very first time an entertainer or a singer has won time personality of the year. And just shows the importance and the reach of Swiftonomics, really. I mean, it's meant that Tay-Tay is an industry in her own right, causing inflation and hotel shortages wherever she may go. Um, and yeah, uh, rightly deserved uh, a force of nature, really. Incidentally, uh, I am after tickets for the Wembley shows that she's putting on in 2024. So hit me up. I can trade you something good. I've got four tickets that I can't get rid of to see the Irish band Lancome next week. They're playing at the Roundhouse. They are dark folk Irish uh, rock, I, I guess. Um, so dark that absolutely no one else wants to go to see me, see them with me and that my family have in, uh, told me to not play in their hearing under any circumstances but I still quite like them so uh, it's the rest of the world that's Philistines, not me. So as I end season 11, the government bond market and indeed all fixed income bond asset classes are rallying. Uh, and that rally has continued for uh, a good couple of weeks now. Uh, remember that November brought to an end those consecutive months and years of bond market yield increases. That, that Those falls continued not just through November, but they're really accelerating now in certain areas. And the reason is, of course, the expectations are growing, that the top is in from central bank developed market rates. Um, you know, what could go wrong before the end of the year? Well, the Grinch before Christmas could be tomorrow's non-farm payroll data. You know, probably the most important, I guess, foundation of the idea that um, we're going to get a soft landing has really been the strength of the US labour market. So the, this is the last big jobs number we're going to get of the year. 
Um, the market expects a small increase in jobs created to 190,000 compared to 150,000 in October, which is the last number we got, and that the unemployment rate will hold steady at 3.9%. If we get a miss from that, though, the potential, given the market's exuberance for bonds at the moment, is that we get a big move lower in bond yields even further than we are now. And really, this week's uh, bond market rally in the United States, at least, as it is partly driven by jobs data. So a less important number, JOLTS, J-O-L-T-S, shows job openings, really, um, on a, on a more uh, frequent basis. And it showed that job openings in the United States fell to 8.7 million from 9.3 million expected. Still a large number of open job vacancies in the United States. And if you compare that to the number of unemployed in the United States, you know, they're fairly, fairly closely related. So it's not like there's um, um, a huge mismatch um, in terms of the number of jobs available and the number of unemployed, which is a bullish sign really for the US economy. But you know, the number of jobs openings has fallen below what the market was hoping for. And that's the biggest um, deal, really. The US employment situation softening is the biggest thing that might throw a spanner of the works for those soft landing forecasters. So a poor non-farm payroll tomorrow would maybe put a nail in the coffin of that soft landing narrative. Narrative, by the way, is my word of the year. I've overused it for sure. I feel myself saying it in almost every uh, podcast I do. So um, I guess it's become a kind of shorthand way of showing that you're wisely divining the way that the market winds are blowing when you talk about an understanding or uh, um, explaining the narrative. So I must kick that habit. But, you know, that narrative is really about um, as the soft landing hopes go away that's the last thing that's holding bond yields up and when that's gone bond yields fall dramatically and really the the biggest bond market moves we're seeing this week have come away from the fed and away from the united states and it's really about the eurozone where bond yields have really collapsed like stones that's been helped by some dovish comments from Isabel Schnabel of the ECB, very influential member of the European Central Bank, but was kicked off really by last week's uh, deflation numbers that we saw everywhere across the Eurozone other than Austria and Slovakia, where we saw falls or stability in the month-on-month inflation number. And as I mentioned before, we have now on a three-month annualised basis Eurozone inflation below the ECB's target. So we're now talking about five or more cuts from the ECB in 2024, which seems to fully price a kind of recessionary disinflation burst. And perhaps it's discounted that too quickly and too aggressively. But, you know, to show the speed and extent of that, in October, the five-year German Bund yielded 2.9% and as of today that's 2.16% and it's fallen another two or three basis points um, kind of in the last uh, hour or so. So a massive quite extreme drop drop in expectations for eurozone rates and with rate expectations collapsing those cash stockpiles that investors have built up are likely to start coming out of bank deposits out of bank accounts 
and into duration assets. Um, and that, I guess, explains the consequent rally in credit too. Um, you know, as people expect that corporate bond funds will be back in favour after having lost out, for instance, in Italy to high levels of bank deposit interest or um, the alternative of investing in BTP um, bond yields, which have been competitively yielding compared to credit. So that appears to be something, you know, panic buying is, is one explanation or description of what's been going on in, in credit markets recently as short covering takes place and people start thinking about uh, a grabathon for credit as people come back into the asset class. Right, enjoy the festive season. As I say, I'll be back for the 2024 outlook. Now that I've got everyone else's outlooks who went way too early, the first of which I think I saw in probably August time, uh, completely out of date, worthless uh, fire lighters now. Mine is going to be your most up-to-date and uh, therefore most likely to be correct outlook for 2024. I'll speak to you on Christmas Day. Bye.